Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and all this week we're talking about the gifts and callings of God, and we're going to talk about the different gifts and describe them, each one of them, nine of them that are available for the body of Christ. Which ones belong to you? Let's find out. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. Uh, for two days now, we'll be studying this probably for a week or a little bit longer. I'm teaching verse by verse through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to be one of the most intriguing, most incredibly well laid out chapters in the Word of God. Paul just did such a fabulous job on this verse of scripture. I'll have to say the Holy Spirit through Paul did that. But anyway, and that's what we're studying. And so uh, this particular chapter breaks down three different things in uh, verses uh, uh one through three, we have the introduction to the chapter. This tells about what the chapter is about. Then in verses four, five, and six, we have the uh, layout of this particular uh chapter. And the layout of this chapter is the outline. And so in verses four, five, and six, we have, first of all, verse four, the Holy Spirit is over the gifts. And that's brought out in verses seven through 11. Then the next part of this chapter is Jesus Christ is over the 12 offices. This is found in verses 12 through 27. And the closing of this chapter is God the Father is over all the operations, verses 28 through 31. Notice all three members of the Godhead are involved in spiritual things. And spiritual things are brought out in verse one, where Paul says, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Most of your translations have the word gifts in there because that's the main thing people look at this chapter for is the gifts of the spirit. But to be honest with you, it's one of the smallest parts of this chapter. It only covers a few verses. The major part of this chapter deals with spiritual offices that we stand in. And again, that's found in verses 12 down through verse 27. And it's brought out here in verse one, actually better than what appears here in your King James or, or a lot of other translations where it says spiritual gifts. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Notice that the word gifts is in italics. It doesn't belong there. It's put in there to help amplify. But honestly, again, gifts is just a small part of this chapter. And the word spiritual is plural. So you take out the word gifts and have the word uh, spiritual in their plural. It sounds like this. Now concerning spirituals, brothers, I would not have you ignorant. You say, what the heck is that? No. Since spiritual is plural, it would sound better this way. Concerning spiritual things, brothers, I would not have you ignorant. The three things that are taken up in this particular chapter, again, first of all, is the gifts of the Spirit, verses 7 through 11. The next spiritual things brought out is the offices of the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 12 through 27. The major part of this chapter is dealing with where we belong in the body of Christ. Then the closing of this chapter is the operations of God the Father, verse 28 through verse 31. So again, uh, this is the breakdown of this chapter. And this just comes back to, again, what we're, what we're teaching about here. And so we ended last time talking about the opening verses about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in verse seven, it says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone or each one for the profit of all. Then it begins to list these. Now we already covered verse seven, fabulous verse, but I just don't have time to get into it about that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit someone else. Verse eight, Four to one is given by uh, the word of wisdom by the spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Word of wisdom and word of knowledge go hand in hand with each other. And again, as we pointed this out last time, again, this is simply a recap to start with, is word of knowledge acquaints the situation. 
And word of wisdom is the answer to the situation. Not all words of knowledge demand a word of wisdom. A lot of times a word of knowledge just acquaints the fact that you know what's going on in their life because the Holy Spirit told you. It may not be a problem. Uh, with the woman at the well, Jesus didn't present an answer to her when he said, you've, uh, you know, you've had five husbands, the one you're living with now. He simply wanted her to know that he knew exactly what she had gone through. And yes, his, his, he was going to give her eternal life by her receiving it, but he just wanted her to know that God knew where she was and that God loved her just as she was. And all the things she'd gone through didn't turn away God's love for her. And uh, there was a time when uh, Jesus knew that Nathanael had been sitting under a fig tree and said that I saw you sitting under the fig tree. Well, there's no answer to that. He just knew that. And there's times that's happened with me. I've known things about people that really weren't a problem. It just helped them to understand God knew exactly where they were and even informed me of it. So But other times, a word of knowledge demands a word of wisdom. You present a problem to a person, and the word of wisdom will be the answer to the word of knowledge, which acquainted with the problem. So again, we have the two brought out here. For to one is given a word of wisdom by the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Again, those two go hand in hand. So these are actually doorways that uh, we're looking at here. And the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit, all nine of these is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this comes after salvation. Salvation is a doorway into the... Salvation is a doorway into the fruit of the Spirit or character building, but the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit, and this is power for the Christian life. So, we have nine of them listed here. And again, these these particular uh, gifts begin to operate in you as the Spirit wills, giving individual gifts to individual people. But it's by the fact that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, there's a verse of scripture in um, chapter 19 of the book of Acts. And in chapter 19, it says, when Paul came to the upper coast of Ephesus, he found certain disciples. Disciples meant these people were already born again. In fact, they acquainted, we came to know Christ. We came to know Jesus through the baptism of John the Baptist. And uh, he said, well, since that time, there's been a whole lot more revelation come out. John the Baptist only knew up to a certain point. And yes, you have received Jesus. And now he asked him to be baptized in the name of Jesus. But also he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? or since you believe, they said, no, we haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. They'd received Jesus, but they hadn't gone to receive the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is when you are born again, he does come to live in you. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you, but there's a receiving of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And he said, has that happened? They said, no. It said that Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. I want you to notice which came first, speaking with tongues. The speaking with tongues, the infilling of the Holy Spirit was the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit and they began to prophesy. But prophecy didn't come first. No, first came speaking with tongues and that opened up the doorway and they began to prophesy. Again, this simply tells us there's a doorway in. The doorway into the fruit of the Spirit is the new birth. And the fruit of the Spirit is the building of character, actually the doorway into discipleship, what the Lord is wanting us to go into. And the moment we are born again, the fruit of the Spirit is there for us to begin to study, begin to meditate on, begin to operate in. And all that has to do with character, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness. All these are simply manifestations of character. But then there's the doorway into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, this is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, of which at that time you speak with tongues. Acts chapter 2. 
Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, the house of Cornelius, Acts chapter 19, the one I just spoke of, and that's Paul coming to the upper coast of Ephesus, meeting those who had already been saved, but now introducing them into the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So again, we have character, the fruit of the Spirit, and then we have power, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When I was at Trinity Bible College, Brother Duncan was our teacher. He was a pastor in London, England. And in his church, I mean, he had some of the best ministers came through there. He talked about the ministers that came through. But Smith Wigglesworth considered that his home church and Brother Duncombe to be his pastor. And Brother Duncombe talked about the fact he got to travel with Smith from time to time. And he had some incredible stories to tell about that. But Brother Duncombe also told that in his church, he had some uh, young men. This was in World War II. And these young men were part of the Royal Air Force and the Royal Navy. He said one of the Royal Navy men came to his church one day, a very young man, and came and said, our, our ship is in here being repaired. He said, I, I'm on a gunship. And he said, this gunship has the biggest guns you've ever seen. He says, we shell other ships and we also shell the shore. He says, these things are massive. He said, would you like to come and take a look at this? And Brother Duncombe said, you betcha, I'd love to see those guns. So he said, he walked onto the deck of this destroyer, this, this boat that was there. And he said, these guns, he said, were this big. He said, they were gigantic guns. He said, they weighed tons, each one of them. And he said, they actually have to bring them in after shooting them so many times, it begins to wear out, wear out the integrity of the ship. And also the guns need to be reboard because of all the shelling that goes on. And after a while, it takes its time. Brother Duncombe said that they stood in one spot. They had removed this one gigantic ship gun and moved it over and were working on it. said, left this hole in the deck. He said, this deck was this deep. And he said, it wasn't just one gigantic piece of steel. He said, it was layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of steel, just stacked on top of each other. And he stood and looked down and then he said, the young man was standing next to him. And Brother Duncombe said, why is the deck of the ship this thick? He said, sir, he said, the recoil of the guns is so powerful that when we have those guns aimed forward and we shoot them, it, sh it slows the ship down two to three knots. It takes us a moment to get our speed back up there. That's how bad the recoil is there. He says, when we shoot these things sideways, he said, if we didn't have gyros under the ship keeping us upright, he said, these guns would literally capsize the ship. The recoil of the gun shooting would actually cause the ship to go over. He says, it's, it's, that's what happens. But he says, this is how powerful those guns are. We have to have something to compensate for it. And that also includes the thickness of the deck. And Brother Duncan was standing there and he said this, I looked down into that deck and he said, two things came to me. He said, the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. And he said, the fruit of the spirit represented the decking, the stability of that gun. And then there's the power of the gun that represents the gifts of the spirit. He said, he cannot have the powerful gifts of the spirit without having a deck of character underneath you. It was said of Billy Graham, that Billy Graham planned long before he ever went in the ministry not to get taken by the glamour of the ministry, not to get taken by the, the praise of the ministry, people talking to you, or even God using you during sermons. He said he decided he was going to go for character first and built a long time building up character. He wouldn't go into a into an elevator if there was a woman in there by herself. If there was a group of people, yes. But he said if a woman was in there by herself, he would just stand back, let the door close, and he would wait for another one to come. And in his room, before he ever got to his room, he would call ahead and have his people call ahead to the hotel and turn off the adult channels. There used to be a black box on top of the television in hotel rooms of which you could watch through that, the pornography movies. And he said he would have that turned off before he ever got there. He thought of things long ahead. And you know what? That caused his ministry to last a long time. 
time because it's not usually a lack of power in ministry that destroys it. It's a lack of character, the underdecking underneath the powerful gifts that God has given. What I'm telling you is these lists of the gifts of the spirit, let's go through them. It says here in verse eight, starting with the, uh, again, for to one is given the word of wisdom by the spirit, to another a word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another special faith in verse nine through the spirit, to another the gifts of healings. Both words are plural. There are gifts of healings through the same spirit to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different types of tongues, and to another the interpretation of these tongues. But the one and same spirit distributes to each one individually as he wills. What hangs over this chapter is the sovereignty of all three members of the Godhead. The sovereignty of the Holy Spirit's brought out here that he distributes to each one of us individually the gifts as it pleases him. And in the next verses coming up in verse 18, that God has placed us in the body as it has pleased him. What hangs over this chapter is, is that God in many cases is smarter than you are, knows better than you are. Just sit back and find out what God has done for you. I'll see you right after the break. In Romans 11:29, we are told, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Many believers focus on the very last part of this verse. But it also teaches us that God works both the gifts and the callings together in each believer's life. We are living in a day when God wants every believer to find their place in the body of Christ. This five-lesson series from Pastor Bob Yandian will help increase your understanding of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fivefold ministry gifts, the body gifts, and how each of these gifts operate together to accomplish God's will in the earth. This powerful teaching series will help you discover your callings and find your place in the body of Christ. To order the gifts and callings of God, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Notice again with me in verses eight and verse nine. For to one is given the word of wisdom by the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Notice in verse eight, it says, for to one is given a word of wisdom by the spirit and to another word of knowledge through the same spirit. I want you to note in this, this is not some kind of wisdom we carry around all the time with us or some knowledge we carry around with us. It's given to us at the moment by the Holy Spirit. It's something we didn't know until the Holy Spirit showed us. So what this is giving us here in this verse of scripture, this is not knowledge of the word of God. This is not wisdom of how to use the word of God. This is God giving us a piece of knowledge and wisdom and insight into someone's life to help win them to the Lord Jesus Christ or to help them with a situation they're going through and show them God's compassion, God's care, and God's power. For to one is given the word of wisdom by the Holy Spirit and to another a word of knowledge through the same Holy Spirit. And so the Lord could give you a word of wisdom, someone else the word of knowledge. But in this case, in most cases, when God gives you a word of knowledge, you understand a situation someone is in, he'll then give you the word of wisdom on how to handle it. And again, I've had many cases of this where God showed me something in a person's life and the woman began to cry when I told her on one of these and then I gave her the answer to it, she cried even more. I mean, when I told her what God was about to do for her. And so I remember there's there's times, I remember years ago when Brother Branham used to come to Tulsa, he'd have a word of knowledge over somebody. There was a man that was in our church that had been given up with cancer. I mean, they had tried so much, the doctors had done everything they could for him. He came to the meeting that night with William Branham in Tulsa. William Branham said, there's a man here named Jacob Nathan. And he we knew that was him. He said, stand up. And so he did. He gave him the name of his doctor. He gave him the name of what day he went to him. And he told him the exact diagnosis the doctor had given him. And I mean, brother Nathan was just bawling and crying there. And then he said, God, I just want you to know right now that cancer is totally taken care of. You are healed. And I mean, he was healed. He went back to the doctor. It was totally gone. What a wonderful thing that happened. And so again, this is how God ministered to him. The word of wisdom came, giving him the answer to the word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge was, this is what's wrong with you. In fact, here's the doctor that gave it to you. Here's the diagnosis he gave. And then he gave him the word of wisdom. God's healing you right now. Again, we see the great operation of this came by the Holy Spirit at the time. He didn't walk in that night with this in him. He just got it at that moment. And this is how this works inside of you, the Holy Spirit himself. Let's talk about this for just a moment. Again, in these verses of scripture, that the, the gift of knowledge, the word of wisdom right here are brought out. I just want you to understand it's called a word of wisdom. It's called a word of knowledge. What do we mean by that? It's a small bit of God's infinite knowledge and God's infinite wisdom. There is no such thing as the gift of knowledge. All right, God gives us the Holy Spirit. We can understand the word of God as we're studying it. God will give us revelation of that. But in the gifts of the spirit, there is no such thing as a gift of knowledge. God has all knowledge, but he gives us a word of it, a piece of it. God knows everything going on in every country around the world, inside everybody's life. Why would we have a gift of knowledge about people that are all around the world that have no application to us? God's the one that watches over the entire world, but he gives us a little piece of knowledge a little piece of his wisdom that deals with the situation we are going through right now. When it comes to the word of God, you got to study. There's no such thing as praying and God just shows you everything about the Bible. If you Listen, I've had times I've studied and studied and still didn't get it. And I asked God through prayer and he showed it to me. But you know what? I'd been doing my due diligence. I've been doing my part. I had been studying it. So this is a piece of God's infinite knowledge and a piece of God's infinite wisdom, the piece that applies to your situation. I want you to notice something else too. 
a word of knowledge. The word here is the word gnosis, and the word gnosis means general knowledge. There's a word for revelation knowledge, epinosis, that's not used here. God doesn't use this to give you revelation knowledge of his word or the operations of the Holy Spirit. He gives you knowledge of general things going on in people's lives, such as your daughter, again, is in the hospital right now. Or in your case, uh, when he spoke to him and said that you have cancer, here's what the doctor said. This is not revelation knowledge of the word of God. It's knowledge of general circumstances going on. Knowledge of general things, again, not an explanation of scripture. A word of wisdom is not how to apply the scripture. God can speak to you and give you wisdom, but that's not for another person. Remember, the manifestation is given to each one of us to profit someone else. What God will show you, God will reveal to you, is a thing going on in a person's life on how you can minister to that and get rid of the problem and bring an answer to them. A word of wisdom is not how to apply scripture, but an answer to the word of knowledge, and the word of knowledge is really the issue. Verse 9 goes on to say, understanding that to another faith. This isn't the general faith we all have. We've all been given the measure of faith. In fact, in 2 Peter chapter 1, he's given to us, each one of us, like precious faith or equal precious faith. This has been given to all of us. But when it talks about faith here in verse 9, this is a special faith, just like a special knowledge and a special wisdom in the verse of Scripture before it for a specific case. This faith is only for the moment, only for a particular case, and it may be something you're going through and usually is. It's something you're going through that's overwhelming, and you don't know what to do about it. And suddenly, special faith comes from heaven at that point. It was told of Smith Wigglesworth that, that uh, again, he operated in the gift of the spirit, but there was this time when special faith came on him. He came home one day and his wife said, the lady next door just died. He said, she did? She said, yes. So he went over there and the doctors were there and the, and they were getting ready to wheel this lady out and they're going to take her to the uh, take her to the morgue. All the things are good because this woman had died in bed. And so he got there and what he did is he just asked, asked everybody to leave the room and close the door. And he was in there with, and that woman's body was there and he spoke to her and commanded death to depart and life to come into her and nothing happened. He did it again, nothing happened. He did it again and nothing happened. He cursed death, nothing happened. Everything that he had done with living people he did with her, it did not work. He was ready to give up. And he said, the moment I was ready to give up, he said, something came over me that could not be denied. It was a gift of faith. Beyond his faith that he was trying to raise her from the dead, this particular gift came on him for the moment. He said, something came over me which could not be denied. He said, I picked up her body and slammed it against the wall and commanded life to come into her. He said, this thing was so strong in me that if God would have told me to my face, no, I would have told him to his face, yes. He said that's how bold it was and how strong it was. The moment he did that, she coughed and she came back to life and everybody came in gasping because she had been dead for some time. Now, again, this is special faith. Special faith can be a strong courage for the moment, overwhelming courage to handle a situation. On the other hand, a gift of faith can be something that just literally leaves you peaceful through the most incredible circumstances. We are told that in the Old Testament, when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, he just went to sleep. Imagine just laying your head on one of those hungry lions and going to sleep. That came over him, such special such special peace. I've had that before. I've had that when I was going through some terrible situations, one lawsuit. I remember there was one time in the midst of all that lawsuit, all hell was breaking loose 
and a, and a simply a peace came over me that could not be denied. That was special faith. I mean, my faith in God increased incredibly during time. I had faith in him, knew he was gonna bring me through, but all I could think about was these circumstances and suddenly a peace came over me. And that's, that's again, special faith for the moment. So verse nine talks about, again, to another special faith for the moment, to another, the gifts of healings through the same spirit. I want you to notice it's not called the gift of healing. It's gifts, plural, of healings, plural. Both words are plural. I heard Kenneth Hagin say this one time. I thought it was very interesting. He said, actually, there's nine gifts listed here. He said, but this one can be broken down into many gifts. This one gift can be broken down into many gifts. It all revolves around one subject, and that is healing. He said, I honestly believe there are as many gifts of healings as there are diseases and sicknesses, and certain people are gifted at certain ones. I remember hearing for a number of years, uh, a minister I listened to on the radio, he said, he, he just had the gift. He said, and it was deaf ears. He said, I, I, there's not a deaf ear comes in my prayer line that I don't know will open. Others, he said, I, I know it's gonna work. But he said, it's just, I've got a gift for that. And he said, and sometimes these other ones don't work. But he said, I know of other ministers that does, and such as in cancer. There are certain ministers that I knew of that had cancer and or had, had gifts of healings for cancer. And to them, that was the one gift they had that they knew worked every single time. And so again, we have special gifts of healings for certain things, but I don't believe one person has the gift for healing for all situations and it can operate on them and there's nothing that can stand in their way. I think again, it comes down to it as the Holy Spirit ministers and gives us these gifts, in fact, in gifts of healings, it's for certain things. No one person has a monopoly on everything. Verse 10, to another working of miracles. You know, it's interesting, this word for miracles is not the word samion. That's usually the word for miracle. No, this is the word dunamis. And it's the working of the power of God. Literally, the power of God comes on you and you distribute through you into another person the miracle working power of God. It's something that can be felt. It's tangible. I've walked into rooms before where the ministers was, were ministering and you walked in the door and you just suddenly felt that the power of God was present. It's ministered. It's told about in chapter 9 of the book of Matthew, that whenever they let the man down through the roof, it said the power of God was present to heal. Um, they, could, they could sense it, they could feel it, yet many people rejected it, did not get healed, but this one man that was let down through the roof, he and the people that brought him in were trusting God and they had faith and they tapped into that healing, miraculous power of God. So to another, the working of miracles, or I'd like to say it this way, since it's the word dunamis, the handling of the power of God. God actually entrusts you with with the power to create, the power of the working of miracles here. The, the difference between this and healing that we had just before this is healing takes a part of the body that's wrong and corrects it and makes it right. Working of miracles can actually produce a part of the body that's missing, a missing arm, a missing leg, missing fingers, things like that. I've only experienced that one time where I saw somebody's finger actually grow out, but in many cases, well, I've actually seen legs grow out too. I mean, one leg shorter than the other, it just grows out. That's the working of miracles. That's not the, that's not healing where you have a part that's malfunctioning and God corrects it and God makes it better. No, this is the actual creating and the handling of the miracle power, creative power of God to another prophecy. Prophecy is not prophesying. 
okay? The gift of prophecy here actually sees things and tells things, but it's not foretelling things for the future. No, this is not what it's for. That's the office of the prophet that will come later. So this gift of prophecy, a simple prophecy that the Bible tells us is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. There's discerning of spirits. That's the next one. Discerning of spirits means that you actually see into the spirit realm and you can see spirits. Not all evil spirits because angels are out there too. Some people, all they see is demons. No, this is not the discerning of evil spirits. Then the next two are different types of tongues and to another, the interpretation of tongues. These last three, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues are really saved for chapter 14 because the major operation of these is was in the local church service. And then verse 11 says, but that one and self same spirit dividing or distributing to every individual as he wills. The wonderful sovereignty of the Holy Spirit that simply says, I know you better than you know you. I'm gonna give you things that will really enhance the call that's on your life. We will see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.